and welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as always, with co-host Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? I'm losing my mind over this week's CSI. Okay. I don't think that's... <laughs> I guess that's sort of what happened, in the sense that... No, actually, People I don't died. know. <laughs> People died. Yeah, I... You would, lo- you would die I, if you that... lost your brain, so... That yeah. that wasn't even that wasn't even supposed to be a joke. I couldn't remember what happened. In the, <laughs> here's the thing I'm running into with these episodes. Yeah. It took I went through like every episode except this one trying to remember what happened in this episode, and then I remembered what happened in this episode. Yeah, I will say this episode is actually somewhat memorable to me. Um, I call this the ultimate fuck you case uh, in my notes here. <laughs> uh, yeah. You said it when we were playing through it. You said it felt like the episodes got worse and worse as we went. They got worse and worse, and then I would say this one is better. Like, it's an uptick at the very end. Um, okay. Because in your eyes, the the, the case four with the... um, That one was just so nothing. Yeah, it was just kind of bland. And, and, like, it ended with two people just admitting to do it and then you just had to figure out which one it was it i i get that that's like kind of an interest it's different but you know it just didn't really amount to much i guess well before we talk about this week's episode in earnest i do want to take a uh, a moment to talk about some other stuff uh we, we, we can sort of summarize our feelings with the game hard evidence as a whole uh, and also, we should probably touch on some news that, if you're into Telltale stuff, you will be excited about this news. <laughs> you will be. Ron Gilbert is making a comeback, baby. Although, he's been he's been back. Uh, <laughs> but he his touch on Monkey Island specifically is making a comeback. He is making... Return to Monkey Island, the new and forever, I guess, actual Monkey Island 3. Uh, wow. The game that's always supposed to have been Monkey Island 3. Um, mm-hmm. It got superseded with Monkey Island games by other people at LucasArts and then Telltale for Monkeys, Mon- Monkeys Island 3, 4, and 5. Um, but he's back, uh, and he's actually working on this, so this is... This is a big deal. This is a... It, it's kind of a Half-Life 3, Banjo 3, like, level of... Oh, well, this will never happen. Final Fantasy 7 Remake, although that one did. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, th- oh, this will this will never... This will never come to pass. This will never happen. Um, it yeah, happened. because Monkey Island... Monkey Island got multiple games, but, like, this is the first one since Monkey Island 2 that has the actual creator on board. Yeah. Or, like, like in the driver's seat of it. Because I, I think Tails, like, had him in some capacity, like, not actually working on it, but I think he was, like, there to hear their ideas for a day. Yeah, ta- well, not for a day. He was... He was um, a, a consultant with Telltale. Yeah. He was he was somewhat yeah, heavily involved, I mean. but he was uh, he was not the creative director. He was not the creative force. Yeah, exactly. It, it was not his this, game. This, yeah, this is his first Monkey Island game since two, 
And that's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, especially considering that Thimbleweed Park, I would say, is in like the top five point and click adventures of all time. Wow, top five. I, I'll need to actually sit down and play it sometime. You've said that for a year since we got started I with sure this have. podcast. <laughs> I've been saying that nonstop. Um that's yeah, that's true. But uh yeah, I, I think I think I don't even know what I would put above it. Uh I mean I personally would put Sam and Max, uh the Devil's Playhouse above it. Um I do like Devil's Playhouse. I might. Oh, I would. I would put Loom, but I like Loom more than I think other people like Loom. Um, <laughs> well, not not like a lot. People generally like Loom, but yeah, it's, it's up yeah, there. It's I a good game. And uh, that was Ron Gilbert's previous game with the same team, uh, Terrible Toy Box, which is Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman of Telltale uh, Relevance. And uh, a bunch of other people from, like, older LucasArts era adventure game stuff as well, all together in Terrible Toy Box. They're being uh, supported by Lucasfilm uh, over at Disney, which makes me and Ron Gilbert similar in that way. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and and it's being published by Devolver. Um, so, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um what were your feelings when this was first announced? So, yeah, I, I went I went through sort of a roller coaster with it, which is like first I didn't realize the context about it it being real three or whatever. Um, I just <laughs> saw oh he's making a new Monkey Island and there's a new one, and then I was I was over the moon. I was very very excited although i did have an inkling it was coming coming because i told you the night before it was coming um yeah because i read his blog post where he says i never make april fools jokes so this april fools let me just tell you i've decided to make a new monkey island and that was the entire blog post um mm-hmm. ballsy i'll say um like that was the way he announced his game technically Although a few <laughs> days later, you know, the trailer confirmed it. That's really the announcement, but yeah, the official official announcement of some well, I guess, you know, his would be an official announcement too being the creator and all, but you know, it's one thing having someone just say it's happening and it's another actually seeing a trailer. Yeah, totally. Um Yeah, and and I I think I had some some mixed emotions about uh what it meant for curse escape and tales uh especially as a as mm-hmm. a fan of tales i i quite like the the telltale one um but then i thought about it more and it's like i don't actually want i don't need, i'm not curious about what happens after tales but i do in general want more monkey island and this is literally mm-hmm. that it's not what's after tales but it is more monkey island and it's it's probably the only part of like the timeline that is interesting to talk about because there was supposed to be this adventure in in the Ron Gilbert um version of events that will now be seen for the first time like it it's back to what i said like it's it's one of those dream games so yeah so yeah i'm i'm over the moon i i'm very 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 excited that actually is more or less exactly 
what my opinions were on it too. Cause like when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, awesome. A new monkey Island. And, but then, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, Oh, but you know, I like what comes after too. I like, uh, curse. I like curse in, in tales. At least I never played escape. Um, but you know, I, I kind of had a similar feeling where I was like, well, I do like those games, but I feel like it's more important that Ron Gilbert gets to see his Monkey Island 3 get made than to continue off of Tales. And also, like, you know, we've seen stuff like uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, for example. Mm -hmm. That went back to right after Crash 3. And, you know, I love Crash 4. That was great. So this is basically the same deal, but arguably even bigger since ron gilbert's back on it so yeah that uh got me more on the hype train for it so now yes i'm extremely excited for it and cannot wait yeah at the rate that we've been playing adventure games we'll probably finish it in one day uh just because we've been training for the last year to blast (laughs) through this is what we've been training for We've been building up to this moment. Yeah, w- without like skimming, we've been able to fast read our way through adventure games for the last year uh, <laughs> in an effort to put it behind us and not keep it in the present. <laughs> so I'm I'm afraid that I'll accidentally push too hard too fast on Return to Monkey Island, but I'm very excited for that game. Um, yeah. I would be excited for the I... second terrible toy box game regardless of the context, and it happens to be a very, very cool context. I think before Return to Monkey Island comes out, I'm going to try to A, play through all the prior Monkey Island games, even though, you know, you don't need to play Curse through Tales, you know, I still want to. And, you know, we're going to get to Tales eventually anyway. Um, And B, play Thimbleweed Park just to see like, okay, well, this was uh, this specific team by Ron Gilbert. uh, This was their first game. So that'll be interesting to experience before this new one comes out yeah i would highly recommend it i think that's a good call um i bet if i don't have the time i'll just do monkey island one and two and then thimbleweed but i I have been wanting to play all of them so i'm gonna i'm gonna try yeah i mean it does seem like some characters uh from the later monkey island games will appear especially murray the skull uh appeared in the trailer although well if you it, it might be if you remember uh, Ron made a blog post way back in 2013 that he has recently edited to say, look, don't look at these uh, <laughs> Monkey Island rules anymore. I don't really follow. I'm a different person now. But one of the... How recently uh, did he say who, that? He posted that right after uh, the trailer went oh, okay. up. He went back and updated that blog post and was like, look, I know you people are coming back to look at these yeah. rules. Just know I don't stand by all these anymore. Um, but one of them said... Um, even though this isn't taking place in that continuity with uh, Curse and everything, he's not above taking characters and concepts from them. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, take the good stuff. Like, uh, you know, we see Murray. That's cool. Honestly, I can't really think of too many other things I would want to come back from the other it, ones. It reminds as me. As much as I love them. Yeah, it remind, remember those YouTube videos that got pretty popular a long time ago? that were about the Star Wars prequels. Uh, It was like a guy in front of a green screen, and he goes, what if The Phantom Menace was good? Like, really good. 
And then like really good. Yeah, I mean he that that was what he said. And then he just mm-hmm. he basically gave an alternative timeline for Star Wars prequels that took a lot mm-hmm. of the ideas and stuff from the, the prequels like Padme and Obi-Wan teaching Anakin and even some extra stuff like I think Jar Jar was in it. Um but like rewritten in in a new way to say like okay, well this would have been a way to do it in the past that sets up the original trilogy um, that is done in a, a solid way. And, and people generally liked those videos and, and agreed that that would have been solid. Um, I, I at first was viewing this monkey Island game as what if what happened after two was it, it included basically that stuff, but done in the way that it like quote unquote should have been done in. Um, mm-hmm. but it turned, it, I mean, he, Ron Gilbert posted on Twitter later, basically saying, we are trying to make this canon. Uh, he didn't expand on what that means to himself. I think the idea of making something canon is a very nebulous concept. Yeah, that, I, I'm a little confused about that because I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter since he did say, don't really listen to this blog post anymore. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he was he adamant. was... Yeah, he was saying, like, the reason he wanted this to be his Monkey 3 and not really pay too close attention to the other ones is just because he didn't want the baggage of needing to stick to that. He wanted to do his Monkey Island 3. And he even said, he said, you know, I I really enjoyed uh, Curse of Monkey Mm -hmm. Island. I thought what they did with the world was great. And I think that's cool. I think that's cool that he enjoyed uh, other people's take on his world. But... Yeah, that that's a little confusing to me since I would assume he would still want that to just be able to do his story. But yeah, he's saying like uh, it doesn't decanonize anything after. So I, I guess we'll just have to wait well, and see exactly. I, I think uh, it's worth it noting out. he didn't say that. Like he didn't say that specifically that it doesn't decanonize anything after. He's just said it is canon. It's a very wobbly idea i guess um oh i thought he specifically said it doesn't we're not decanonizing any i think i thought he replied to someone and said that well i think it's it's been a while yeah it has been a while but i think that the tweeter responded to ron gilbert's tweet and like it was his tweet of the trailer uh and Mm -hmm. the tweeter said i'm really excited for this but like something along the lines of but i i'm a little sad that Tails is going to be decanonized. Um, Mm -hmm. Or that I'm I'm a little, I think maybe actually, I think it might've been about Guybrush and uh, Marley getting married. I I know Ron's not a fan of that. And, you know, I understand that. I like it personally. It was some, it was a specific thing about the canon from either curse escape or Tails that they liked. Mm -hmm. Um, and they said so i'm a little sad this is going against canon and then ron gilbert responded to that saying no 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 this is canon so mm-hmm. i think that is a sign that they're probably not expressly thinking about throwing away a lot of stuff after two that said that's still vague enough unless it's get unless it gets clarified more i'm kind of on the boat of just assuming they'll try to do an all right job 
with not contradicting three, four, and five. But mm-hmm. they, they still kind of might. They still might yeah, go it, for it. It's my opinion on that kind of flip flop too. Because at first I was kind of in that spot. I was like, oh well, you know, I I really like what came after. But after thinking about it for a little while, I I do I am just kind of like, no, just go ahead and do your own thing. You know, yeah, it doesn't. Like I like I said with Crash Four, it doesn't make those like it. It basically just makes it like an alternate timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because like anyone could come in and do a new Monkey Island game that takes place after Tales. Like that, it doesn't make it so those can. It doesn't wipe those from existence. It just means this is like a branching path in the story. I guess you can go either way. Yeah, I I mean I. I kind of assumed that Star Wars would do this for a while, that they'd have, uh, like, when they reset the canon in 20, I think, 15, uh, mm-hmm. they had the the legacy content and then the new canon, and um, I assumed, like, oh, they might make some stuff for legacy canon, and they, they haven't done so much. They've done stuff like re-releasing video games um mm-hmm. that were old canon and, and like they're not changing them to make them new canon or anything they'll just re-release the games um yeah but but there's there's not too much i should not be publicly making any statements on star wars i just thought about that i i i'm out of my depth <laughs> anyway never mind never, <laughs> never mind, mind. <laughs> everyone abandoned ship <laughs> um but but i i do agree with that for monkey island that, like that could that could essentially be how monkey island works like everyone else that covers the game in the future, because time is infinite, there's bound to be at least one more after this, probably. Um, mm-hmm. You know, given the next thousands of years of human civilization before we all die from uh, global warming, we're d- d- just the law of large numbers is uh, too much in favor of there being other Monkey Island games and them not being made by Ron Gilbert. Um, yeah. So with those in the future, yeah, put them after Tales, and then let let this just be a trilogy unto itself. Um, I think that's yeah, more valuable this... to have than another game that does come after Tales and references it. I agree. I agree. Um, at the end of the day, I'm more interested in seeing Ron's vision for a Monkey Island three than seeing what comes after Tales, because I love Tales, but also. If the series ends with Tales, or like at least that version of the series, mm-hmm. I'm I'm cool with that. I you know I kind of you know like you said, there's bound to be another Monkey Island sooner or later. But I would have been fine if Tales was the ending of it. So yeah, I I'm more interested in seeing Ron's intended vision of. And another thing he said is the Monkey Island 3 he's making now is not necessarily the Monkey 3 he would have made back then. It's, uh, you know, he's a different person than he was back then. So I almost want it to I, be, I though. do wonder. I almost kind of want it to be that crusty, <laughs> like, Metroid Dread-esque, dug out of the trash, um, sort of old notes that they're reconfiguring into a video game. That would be kind of cool. That would be, and I'm I'm sure some of his ideas would stick around. It, I'm sure it's not like totally a different game. Yeah, in fact, the, the the one thing I'm almost sure of is that he's made multiple references to the fact that it was going to be a trilogy, and in the first game, LeChuck was going to be a ghost. In the second game, he was going to be a zombie, 
and in the third game he was going to be a hell devil. And he's said that like multiple times, almost as if that's a trifecta of some sort. I, that's not like a group of three I know of, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Pokemon. It's like a three-stage Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, the way he says it is like, well, first you have ghosts, then zombies, then obviously. Once he's level 36. And then the re- guy goes, I don't know. What, what's the third of that? Demons. <laughs> You're a demon. <laughs> obviously. obviously. <laughs> demon is the third of that. Uh, but he said that like so many times, which might just be mm-hmm. two times, but it's it, I know it because it was more <laughs> than once. <laughs> well, they kind of did that in Curse even. He becomes this big uh, fiery demon man. They do it uh, They do it sort of in Curse and they do some hell stuff sort of in Tales. Um, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you've been listening to us for this long, just blathering on about this non-Telltale game, thank you for your participation in our yes. endeavors. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Monkey Island is just way more interesting than CSI. <laughs> we will sorry. get to uh, Tales of Monkey Island soon. Yeah, someday. Yeah, someday. Um, I I assume we'll get there before this new one is out, maybe. I don't want to make that call. Uh, I mean, they said this year, so... Oh, that, we're that's on the clock. <laughs> um, I mean, I assume it's the end of the year. I was thinking around summer, but I think that's just because that's around when uh, the first special edition and uh, Tales started or were announced anyway at E3. Uh, so I guess I just associate it with summer. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, tropical yeah, island. It, yeah, it totally could just whenever, anytime. Yeah. Um,. Okay, yeah, actually, you know what? We will, I will add Tales of Monkey Island onto the we should do these before we mess around just doing random stuff list. So it's been bumped up, um, but it's still not next. Uh, we'll get to next yeah. after we talk about the current game we need to talk about, which is <laughs> CSI Hard Evidence, which came out in September, uh, on September 25th. 2007, designed by Greg Land and Mark Darren, written by Max Allen Collins and Greg Land. We're talking about the fifth and final case, The Peacemaker. Here's the scene. Let me set. The, let me do the set dressing. Ooh. We're at a gun store, and there was a gun fight at the gun store. No way. Yeah, this is a combination gun store that sells real guns. And also very campy replicas of Wild West stuff. <laughs> Is that weird aspect of this pertinent to the case at all? It is not. <laughs> it is not related. Yeah, not, not once does a fake replica gun tie into the story. No, these are all real guns. <laughs> the, the, the guns that are involved in the actual case, all real. There was no like mix-up even. For, for laughs at the CSI lab. It was all just real stuff. Um, the suspect turned himself in. We haven't seen that before. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, right from the beginning, it sounds like we have our guy. But if that's the way the story goes, you know, obviously it's not him. Yeah, this is why I wrote this is the ultimate fuck you case in CSI history. <laughs> because we have Keith Wilde Keith Wilde is the, the name of the suspect, and it that should maybe be a little familiar if you've been paying way too much attention to our CSI episodes for this season. Oh. Um, Keith Wilde says, yeah, I'm Keith Wilde. 
I did it. I shot that guy. Why? Because he needed shooting. Um, that is a that's a quote. <laughs> that's like the name of a reality show host. Um, and we should arrest this guy. <laughs> yeah, you should you should do that because his fingerprints were on the gun, and he said so. Which means even if it wasn't true, he wants to be arrested, and why not just give him that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take it, even if it wasn't him, just whatever, I want to go home. <laughs> well, yeah, he wants to go to prison. Yeah, um, But our partner this episode is Grism, which... Yeah, our friend Grism. He's he's too important at CSI, he's, he's too much of a, well, you gotta check absolutely everything and make sure, that kind of guy... That he's a real stickler. He, he's a rules guy. Um, in addition to being, it's, a it's bug like when guy. the teacher's watching you. It's like when the teacher's watching you do your work. It's like yeah. you you got to do this case in front of uh, Grissom, and the whole time you're just like, oh, man, can it can it be like Warwick or something? Yeah. H- have you ever in school been in a situation where like you have this essay and then you're talking with your friends about it? And you're like, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about this essay. I'm, I've chosen this topic. And then they say, oh, can I read it? And then all of a sudden you become incredibly not excited about your essay. Um, and you <laughs> think it's actually bad. And maybe you weren't actually very lazy the whole time and you didn't do anything. Um, and then you're like, actually, no, you should, no one should ever read this. <laughs> um, um, no, I don't think I can relate to that story. Not once have I ever said I'm really excited about this essay. Okay. <laughs> so moving on, um, I wrote down Officer Robertson. Do you remember uh, remember this at all? Uh, I would not be surprised if no, because this is the only time you see the arresting officer who's not part of CSI. He's just like a police guy. Right, right. Um, you see Officer Robertson take Keith Wilde away, and they like give him a name, and they give him a specific character model and everything. And uh-huh. some interesting animations where he's like, you know, putting Keith's hands behind his back and pushing him. And then he's not even part of it. <laughs> I thought they were showing he us him because, back. oh, well, the police guy is going to be the actual one that did it. Um, <laughs> otherwise, why make that character model? Why do this at all? Yeah, they didn't have to. They could have just like had Keith be brought in off screen. Like always. That's what they always, always do. They say, well, yeah, you have a, an arrest warrant. So now they are in the interrogation room. It just happened instantly. And uh, Yeah, but this time you get to see the arrest happen. Yeah, so what you find out is that Keith Wilde is Jill Wilde's son. Now, Jill Wilde, if you remember the last episode of this podcast was the original lead singer of Bullet Train from Case 3. Yeah. Marty Party, R.I.P. Marty Party, rest in peace, will always love you. Um, Now, Keith Wilde is not the only child of Jill Wilde. In fact, Jill Wilde, with Ray Wilde, also known as Boogie Feet, had (laughs) triplets. Yeah, three identical triplets. Now, identical triplets are interesting because identical twins and triplets have the same DNA, which means that blood at the scene can be matched to them. So, of course, there's going to be some bullshit with that. (laughs) Like, of course. (laughs) You have Keith Wilde's blood at the scene, but now it could be any of the Wilde boys. 
any of them wild boys. You've got Anthony, Billy, and Keith. And the thing that you keep hearing about them is that Keith Wild is actually the least wild wild. So the fact that he would you, be the did one... Did you have that in your notes? Did you prepare no, that? No, the game prepared it. It's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I don't remember. Anthony says that about themselves. Anthony says, you know, the thing about our brother Keith is actually he's the least wild wild. And then you have to move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the story must progress. You cannot linger on it. Yeah. Uh, It's like a weird amount of introspection (laughs) for this kind of game. Um, So, also, though, you find out that the victim, the, the dead person at the gun store, was the cashier at the gun store and was Eddie Tillis Jr., now, Ed Jr., his dad, Eddie Tillis, you'll remember him again from Case 3 as the producer of Bullet Train. That's right. Now he's sad. So, here's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, <laughs> you have to match a ton of bullets. There's bullets in the walls. There's bullets in the ground. There's bullets in the windowsill. You gotta, mat- you gotta pick them up with a t- pair of tweezers. They're hard to see. And you gotta match them to... Uh, the guns that shot them, so you can set up a laser grid in the store and see what happened, which gives Grissom yeah. some pause, even though it totally looks, from any realistic point of view, that Keith's story could be correct. Uh, he's like, mm, no, it has to. Eh. And <laughs> he said, "I've seen this. I've seen these CSI cases before. It's obviously not yeah, him." Yeah, he knows. He, he it knows was. it's not him. Um. <laughs> And he's convinced that uh, there were there were at least two um, assailants here. There were at least two shooters, not just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I think it could be pretty easy to guess. <laughs> Anthony and Billy were the real shooters, and Keith, being the least wild wild, uh, was taking the blame for them like he always does. But yeah, that would be too clean because they have motive, right? It turns out yeah. that when Bullet Train died, uh, the rights to all their songs in a, in a Beatles esque bidding scenario was um, they they, they uh, were passed down the rights to the songs to the Wild family, but Eddie Tillis is. Definitely thinking, oh, I actually deserve those songs because I would produce them all and I'm still alive. So why would I not have them anymore? <laughs> Just give me those songs. You're not using them. Um, they're an incredibly valuable asset. And the Wild family versus the, the Tillis family, it would make sense if Anthony and Billy killed Ed Jr. to try to like... D- uh like force the point hey there are songs you can't you can't have any mm-hmm. that is not what happens dustin what actually happens uh i 100% don't remember i thought so it's wild though um it turns out that <laughs> yeah, ed so junior he- was sleeping with jill wild the uh, age difference of at least 40 years right that's right <laughs> and the wild sons the the three boys went to the store to try to argue 
with uh, Ed Jr. and say, hey, man, you can't be doing that. <laughs> you just can't be you doing that. You can't be sleeping with our mommy. You can't be sleeping with our mommy. That's that's off limits for young boys. Come on, man. Uh, they even bring Kathy Cantanta, who was the, the, the uh, person who was actually arrested for Case 3, uh, back just so they can say that she also slept with Ed Jr. <laughs> She's like, yeah, everybody's doing it. Everyone's sleeping with Ed Jr., which is, I think, their way of trying to, again, muddy the good track record of the deceased. They can't just have the person who died be, like, a good person. Ever. No, you can't like, you not can't want to help them. You yeah, have to be forced with once. gameplay. <laughs> you have to fight tooth and nail against Not this. once. <laughs> not once do they give you a good one. Yeah, you would figure at least one of these people would just be, like, a normal citizen. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a nice guy. But, no, every single time it's, oh, yeah, this person sucked. Uh, they were awful, and I'm glad they're dead. It's like, okay. So, um, so they, they start roughhousing a little bit. They had guns. They didn't expect to use them, but Ed Jr. like found a gun at the store because it looked like they were going to beat him up and he wanted self-defense. And then I think Anthony fired the first shot because he saw Ed Jr. pick up a gun and thought, okay, well it's gun time. Uh, so Anthony and Billy were in the shootout. They shot Ed Jr. And then Keith also was there. But Keith just took the blame for everything. Because he felt that it was important for him to take the blame. They were all arrested. (laughs) All three of them. Uh, Anthony and Billy for murder. And Keith for obstruction of justice, I guess. I guess. That doesn't seem like something he should be. If if he didn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. You shouldn't be in prison for that. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a little unfair. Seems a little unfair. Um Yeah, and that's like it. That's that's the big finale to CSI Hard Evidence. I thought it was going to be a lot more interesting. Well, the I mean, I I guess it kind of was. They brought back so in uh Three Dimensions of Murder, yeah. in the last case they brought back characters from multiple cases. They brought back Characters from three of the previous four episodes. Yeah, this one only brings back characters from one, which on one hand is still like doing something. It still makes it like a little more interesting than other cases, but it it still felt like a pretty flaccid note to end on. Yeah, I guess this makes hard evidence the bullet train CSI game like this is the this is the bullet train arc. Where two episodes of the, the five one. are plot critical and three are filler. Um, yeah, I, I guess if any of them were going to be the one to follow up on, I'm glad it was Bullet Train. Do you think so? Because I like the first two more. Oh, uh, mm, I don't know. I at least like I, the first I feel, one more. I like one. Yes, that one. Uh, that one I agree with. I, I think. I think as far as episodes go, I like two better than three, but I just think three had so much, like, we laughed so much, and the character names, it just, I remember everything about episode, episode two was just kind of weird, which is good, I like that it was weird, but episode three gave us Boogie Feet, Marty Party, and Steve. Yeah, episode two is on some Kingdom Hearts shit, actually, now, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) now that I I really remember it, Uh, you're right. This is the one to do. Although, 
Mm, I I I, I would have preferred one. one. I would have preferred one, but this yeah. is fine. Um, yeah, this is still good. It it would have been nice if they tied in the characters from it, just because episode one makes such a good first impression. Mm-hmm. It it does kind of suck that as the episodes go, I like them less and less. Um, in the Wolf Among Us two, they should uh they should have bullet train like posters and and stuff in the background of like concert halls and stuff. They, I want yeah, bullet train Telltale reference. <laughs> Telltale references their old game sometimes. I don't think they've ever done uh. CSI references. We wouldn't get know. We, we definitely wouldn't <laughs> that know is if true. they did do it. That that's very true. Um. Yeah. And in, in fact, we did so many games that were released after Hard Evidence already because we're so behind on CSI compared to everything else that we might have <laughs> already seen some and just passed it by. That's true. Um. Yeah. So. I is, is that it for this episode? I can't remember anything. Well, else. we can talk about the game as a whole, um, which I yeah. want to do. I want to talk about um, a weekly guy. Yeah, for segments. the whole game. For the whole a golden game. moment for the whole game might be hard. Actually, yeah. it's not. It's when Bullet Train gets shocked and you see it on camera. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, the only thing that would have been made it funnier is if you saw their like uh, wait do we see their skeletons when they get electrocuted is it like a cartoony electric um i i'm pretty sure you get like lightning bolt shaped yellow bits around them and stuff uh you might see their skeleton i don't know i'd have to go back i'm it's just so ridiculous and and the results of it are so funny too just this pile yeah of wonderful of bodies in this style yeah all uh, without their shoes on like paul mccartney on the cover of abbey road <laughs> it's great it's so weird there's definitely a story to uh-huh. it well there i mean it turned out there wasn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> it turned we got to the bottom of it and it's not really i mean um kathy cantanta just sort of tricked the sound guy and that's it yeah, he was easily but it tricked. Made an impression. In in her defense, he was too easily tricked. I would accidentally yeah, trick this him. guy for sure without <laughs> meaning to. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Oh, sorry, I didn't. That's on, that's my yeah. bad. No, when I, I said break a leg, stupid. I didn't assume you'd chop up Marty Party. <laughs> I thought I was talking to a smart person, but that's on I me. thought we all graduated from fourth grade, but I can dumb it down next time. Ouch. <laughs> um, so, weekly guy, though. Weekly guy. Um... And don't just say Marty Party because of the name. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to the writers of this game. So... <laughs> See, so you're asking for a weekly guy for the whole game, not just this week? For the whole game. For the whole yeah, let, game. Yeah, let, let's just, let's... real quick, we can run through some some uh, major players of each case. Uh, okay. So we've got Deborah and Liz, the, uh, the lesbians in case one burning for you, in which them being lesbians was a very important plot point. We've got Ed Freeborn, also from case one burning for you, who is a... Um, like knickerbocker homeless guy who is living in a golf course. <laughs> um, we've got Nicole and Everett Brower who are 
a really old money power couple in Las Vegas. Um, we've got some other people from Case 2. We've got Bullet Train from Case <laughs> 3. We've got Kathy Cantanza, who... Uh, That's a fun name. Yeah, it really is. Um, who organized the whole event, even though she didn't assume that it would also kill the band, which meant that she wouldn't have a band to sing in. She really didn't think that one through. But also, you can't <laughs> assume that everyone else is also just going to take their shoes off. Um, <laughs> you can't true. You can't count on that. That's a, Anyone could make that mistake. You've got Eddie Tillis, the producer. You've got Jill Wilde, the lead singer of Bullet Train. You've got Warwick Brown, who is probably the only major character from the show I'm going to mention here. But we did like him a lot. Um, yeah, Warwick is pro- Warwick's at least my favorite of the partners. Yeah, for sure. Um, in your eyes, our partner was Greg, um, and uh, Prayat and Amita Bandarit are the married couple. Prayat dies. Uh, Amita is the daughter. No, Amita's the wife. Ajay's the daughter, and yeah, uh, uh, Adarsh is the sort of up-and-coming, <laughs> like, in-training guy under Prayat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And in Case 5, we've got Keith Wilde, Anthony Wilde, and Billy Wilde, Ed Jr., and all the other people that we've already seen. All the others. So, that's everything. I. What's the best I character? Think my f- I think my favorite guy is Ed Freeborn. Ed Freeborn's pretty good. Between Ed Freeborn, He's... Ed Jr., and Eddie Tillis, there are three Eds in this game that were all made up That's for the game true. and not from the show. That's <coughs> That's like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Especially considering that Ed Freeborn is also known as Ed Danville. <laughs> That's good, too. Yeah, he's he's just makes such a fun first impression. He's a funny character. Um, I will. That's one thing I'll give this game is overall this is a better package than Three Dimensions of Murder, but I think they really did a better job with making these characters memorable. I couldn't tell you a single one from Three Dimensions of Murder, but I I'm gonna probably remember these guys for at least five minutes after we finish recording. Um. Oh, you know who we didn't talk about? Uh, Todd, the sound technician in Shock Rock. We liked Todd a, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Todd's good. He, he's well. That's the guy who was easy to trick. We were just yeah, talking. Yeah, Todd about and him. Kathy had first sex uh, in Telltale. <laughs> yeah, they they win the award. They might have last sex in Telltale. We'll keep an eye out. Um. Yeah. So I was gonna say. They weren't the first in the games we played, at least. But I forgot we... This one came out before Sam and Max Season 3, where Sybil is pregnant. Quite a bit before, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they win the award. Well, Sybil Sib- being pregnant is not sex in a Telltale game. That's not the same. Yeah, but but that means they did have sex i assume every person existing is proof that sex was had if that's what we're going off of yeah so nice try todd (laughs) i i think todd still broke a a barrier that sybil did not (laughs) um 
I think my my weekly uh, guy's got to be Warwick Brown. It's not a funny one, but like Warwick Brown's great. Warwick Brown did like actual smooth talking, clever detective work, which is the yeah, stuff that you he, would want to play this game for. He was so good at it. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Can I get your autograph?" Yeah, and then immediately he's like, "We got to compare this to the note. We're gonna take her down." He's great. He he just did his job perfectly. Everyone else just like yeah, tells us, "Oh, try to be more thorough, stupid." Yeah, it's some real Agatha Christ, Christie stuff of like, "Oh, can you hand me that pen?" Mm, looks like you handed that with your left hand. I'm making a note of that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's what Warwick Brown does, and he's all smooth about it. That's great. Uh, if that's what the show yeah. is, uh, I'll I'll take more of that. But I don't think it always is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that's we did our golden moment. That's when they get shocked, <laughs> and those are our weekly guys. Uh, not weekly though. More of a monthly guy this time for CSI Hard Evidence. Yeah. I you know what I'll I did give it to Ed Freeborn, but Warwick is my favorite helper, so he gets a second place. Well, that's good because I actually would have flip flopped to Ed Freeborn if I couldn't do Warwick. Like those are the two best ones in the game, <laughs> I think. Definitely. Or Everett Brower but, is so funny. Everett Everett Brower in case two. Just this this old money <laughs> arch like I need a son to complete my legacy. That's the I don't know how they do things in the big city. <laughs> well, I need a son. I need I can't be teaching business to a girl. Like he's he's the most cartoon. I say, I say. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically Foghorn and Leghorn. <laughs> um, I like him a lot. In uh, fact, I might. Yeah. Mm, no, I gotta give it to Warwick Brown. I'll give it to Warwick Brown. I think Warwick Brown is a more is a character I can take more seriously. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm not into Everett Brower because I can take him seriously. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm into him because um, he's the weirdest like Oliver Twist villain. <laughs> that they put into this <laughs> otherwise somewhat grounded video Yeah, he game. seems so out of place. It's like he belongs in a different game, but they they brought him into this. Yeah, he's almost like like the the lord of the the oppressive lord of a village in Dragon Quest or something. Like he's eating all the chickens and the villagers are starving. Like <laughs> like that kind <laughs> of vibe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it. You know what? You know what? Something I'll say about this Ooh. game. I think this game makes a very strong first impression, at least. It's not like great. It's still not a great game, but it improves on so many little things from Three Dimensions of Murder. Yeah. That overall, I did not hate this game. It has its bad moments. It has its frustrating moments. But I think overall, this was a much... Uh, much smoother, more enjoyable experience than the first one. Was. I think that we've said before that in a five-episode season, the one with the most permission to be bad is episode four, and they do time that correctly. Yeah, episode four is just boring. There's not really a whole lot of laughs we got from it. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting how, like, two people were confessing to the crime and you had to figure out which one was which one actually yeah. did it but it didn't like make it i i thought it was gonna be interesting but it wasn't you think i'm ready to think that's interesting in the last case we saw a <laughs> band get electrocuted and then two people in weaver in like we graphics have sex on a plane that 
I'm not ready to think your oh, did the mom or the daughter do it is interesting, especially when like the three brothers. So I'm like, oh, which of them did it? They're like, because one of them confessed. That's like essentially the same thing, but like a little better in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's CSI crime scene investigation hard evidence. Technically, the name is CSI colon crime scene investigation. Like that's the whole thing yeah. you need to say because it explains the acronym inside of itself. Hmm. Uh, would you say you enjoyed this one more than Three Dimensions of, of Murder? Of course. Would you say yeah. it's better? Yeah. 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 I I don't I think know the, for I think sure the inventory... if it's better because it wasn't the Sony port where the like the Sony port specifically of Three Dimensions of Murder had so many problems because it mm-hmm. had no business being on the PlayStation Two and just was doing that anyway. Uh, yeah. Where the Wii version is, I imagine, much more faithful to the PC version because. Um, you, they weren't forced to make it fully explorable. Uh, they were, because of the Wii remote, you can put the cursor on the screen just like the PC game does. Um, so in having to change less, I bet it was just closer to the original vision and better. But we didn't play the PC version of Three Dimensions of Murder. So who's to say? Maybe it is still a lot better, even with those changes in mind. Right. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just keep getting better as they go. Who knows? Yeah, but we're not going to do that right now. In fact, <laughs> yeah. Next <laughs> next week on this podcast on telling the tale, this channel, this time period, we're finally <gasps> going to do it. Since before we started the podcast, we've had the specter of the wolf among us 2 hanging above us, saying, hey, eventually this game is going to come out. You need to be caught up. Neither of us have played it. And now we're finally going to do it. Episode 1 of The Wolf Among Us starts next week. We'll see you then. I can't wait to play Among Us.